It's time for the channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as she is helping with the Nebraska LEAD program. More information on that to come, but some exciting stuff there. Talking the trade today with us, of course, is Sue Martin, Ag and Investment Clarion, Iowa. And Sue, it is always so good to talk the markets with you. And what a good week way to start the week. Grains are higher, livestock a little bit mixed, but let's start here in that grain complex. Wheat had less than stellar export inspection numbers out here this morning. It didn't have the demand support of corn and soybeans, yet it ends in the green. What do you attribute to that end support? Well, I think that uh, when I look at the wheat market, there's a couple things. One is wheat was down last Friday and Thursday a little bit, and so wheat broke into some cycle window timing that we had, so that should have offered support under the market and allowed for a bounce. Now, I think that the wheat market also, we have to keep in mind that uh, for the first time ever, and of course I would have thought the market had been even more stellar on it, but for the first time ever, um, the uh, Iran missile, an Iranian missile coming out of uh, uh, Yemen basically um, reached through the atmosphere of the uh, world and then would turn around and come back and get Israel in a surprise attack. First time ever that uh, we've had a missile shot down or hit over the world in the atmosphere. And so that was, I think, sending this war to a new level. And that is telling us that this isn't going to last long, but that, um, you know, Iran's got that technology, um, you've, and they're giving it to other terrorist groups like Hathis, or um, I might be mispronouncing that. And in the meantime, you've also got Israel with the ability, China's got the ability, the U.S. has got the ability. So it's kind of interesting because we've never seen this before. But it didn't really send the wheat market super running. And you have a government report coming out on Thursday, the supply-demand report, and it's basically expecting to see, um, I would say, ending stocks for the world to just basically edge a little bit lower. And keep in mind, global stocks for wheat this year are less than what they were the year before by about, I want to say, 10 million metric tons. And then you look at um, uh, the, you know, U.S. ending stocks, 670 million bushels is what the average guess is. That wouldn't be too far off. We were around um, uh, 670 last month, and I think that we're not going to see much in the way of changes in the report that helps or hinders the wheat market. So just kind of a status quo and also kind of the time of the year where wheat tries to maybe sort of take a breath and maybe step back. But uh, wheat's also been a little counter-seasonal trading into uh, November. You know, Sue, we take a look at uh, the wheat market and now it was able to come back, but the soybean complex continues to see rather robust demand, almost 2.1 million metric tons of exports coming out from USDA last week, as well what looks like a fairly unsteady progress pace for planting in South America. Are you supportive of beans at our current price structure or do we have some uh, some folly still below us? 
Well, I thought that the bean market did a pretty good performance today. Again, I had cycle window timing due for beans, and we rallied right into it. And, uh, yeah, we kind of backed off our highs here today as we went towards the close, but not majorly. And it was very, very quiet trade. And there was even some rains that came across center uh, Brazil and northern Brazil where it was dry. But evidently not enough to really make the trade say, oh, you know, things are changing and going to get better. You know, the soybean production, it was originally expected to be around 166 million metric tons, which is, you know, uh, a pretty large number, a record. And they've now been reducing that backwards towards 160 million metric tons. So that's one step in that area. And then, of course, that would still be larger than last year's 156 million metric tons. But it's the fact that it's kind of trying to pull back um, a little bit from the high that makes you wonder about it. But we have to keep in mind, there's been uh, the bean inventories for commercials are at record low levels. And you've got Argentina that had such a horrible crop last year that their reserves haven't been replaced. And then what beans are in the reserves, they're planning to release them and refill them with Argentine beans when they harvest their crop. And so China is also an active buyer of U.S. beans out of the Pacific Northwest, and China's a very um, aggressive buyer of beans. Now, they've imported about a record 102 million metric tons of beans so far, and, you know, that's with commercial inventories still falling to very low levels, even though China's brought those those 102 million metric tons of beans into their country, which tells you something about them and and how needy they really probably are. Um, I would say that China is probably still underbought on what they need. Um, They're only about 50% covered on their December soybean needs. And my understanding is maybe 20% of their January needs that they've bought so far. So I would have to say... They're buying most of their soybean needs in the spot market, and they have a lot of need. And I think that it's going to be interesting if they were real honest with us. We'd probably find that maybe their corn stocks aren't as great either. Um, you know, it's thought that China's crop was doing on corn was doing a little better, um, maybe not as good for wheat you know, later in the crop year. And that again is Sue Martin with Ag and Investment, Clarion, Iowa. A lot of great information still to come. And stay tuned for part two of the channel, Final Bell, here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids is combining with Channel and the other nine regional brands to become the new enhanced Channel Seed brand. So what does that mean for you? Well, for starters, a Best of Both Worlds product portfolio as both brands come together in 2025. Also, greater local agronomic support and more innovation and digital tools. Contact your local Fontenelle and Channel Seed professionals today for the best discounts. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. 
Welcome back to the channel. Final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Don't worry, she'll be back tomorrow. Talking the trade with us today is Sue Martin with Ag and Investment, Clary on Iowa. And Sue, in our first segment, we focused really in on the grain complex, the goods and the bads of the wheat and soybean market. Coming back here in segment two, I take a step back and look at the market as more of a broad feature. And the macro market complex, the U.S. dollar index has broken sharply as we've taken a little pressure off the bonds from last week's Fed meeting. Does that lend any support over to the commodity complex with that current trader mindset? Well, it does. Um, A cheaper dollar is actually good for exports. And in the face that the Fed that we've got higher interest rates, which makes it more expensive for lines of credit or letters of credit, that cheaper dollar makes it less expensive for foreign buyers to come in and buy our commodities. So in light of that, that's good. Now we're higher, as you and I speak. And um, But it's possible we still could see this dollar try to break back after today. It could be maybe higher again tomorrow, and then we try to roll it back over for a day or so. But it's coming down down in towards some support. So perhaps it's maybe catching, you know, we were so sideways um, from late September through October, and now we've rolled out the downside of that sideways action. So um, that would be indicating that maybe the dollar is going to still remain more on the softer side. And yes, it would be very beneficial for foreign buyers. As we look as well over to the livestock trade, cattle take quite a stumble here to start off the week. I do see there's maybe a little bit of gap from the open here. Do you expect technical traders to step in here, or are we continuing to see a gradual decline here in this cattle market? Well, I feel like the cattle market here again, I had cycle window timing on cattle, and they rallied into Friday made just slightly a higher high, and then turned it south, which is what should have been done. Um, But I think the cattle market will try to catch here on this break and maybe still make another effort to step back up. It's going to be very volatile, very choppy. Um, Don't think our – I think our market has topped for – it's going to be into next year. Um, I think that we are looking at a market – that is looking at concern into the potential of recession, and maybe we're already in a recession, but very concerned that we're entering into a recession and and the price of meat being so high priced. Um, I think that uh, weighed on this market and the boat was so loaded. Everybody knew the story. And when they started, no more buyers were coming in because they all knew it and were already on board. Well, then there's only one other direction for the market, and it and it really fell hard when it started to clean house. So I think that when I look at the cattle market, my my interest is in getting um, as we catch these bounces and corrections of uh, the current break that we're into. When we catch rallies, I think uh, um, producers especially should be hedging themselves and getting a floor under this market. And they can do that via the options. But, uh, you know, maybe buying some uh, puts near the money or just out of the money and then maybe a further put out of the money uh, still lower. Maybe you sell that and you sell calls above the market. So if we rally, it could trigger you into a short hedge from a higher level. But the cattle market's got its share of issues here for the moment, even though numbers are still low. And we're looking, although we had a really good kill last week, 
uh, we're looking at a cattle market that should have tighter supplies as we go forward. But if demand is weakened here, then that's going, and they have to look for something else as a cheaper meat, uh, maybe that's pork, um, then, you know, that pulls some of that demand away. And I know at the grocery stores, they're sure featuring 73% lean hamburger or ground chuck, um, as opposed to maybe the 90 or the 85 and Sue, as I know Friday's a long ways away, but as we start to round out here on the channel final bell, what's your thoughts for Friday's WASDE report? Well, I think that when we have our our report, and I think um, when we get that report out here, and I think it's on Thursday that we'll get that, um, that report should, I think, pretty much just be a yawner in wheat, per se, However, in soybeans, I think the yield, everybody's going to be looking at yields on corn especially. I think the bean yield maybe ticks down just a little bit more. But uh, And if that's the case, then USDA is going to probably try to pull away some of the export demand and, uh, in an effort to hold the carryout around the 220. I think 220 is probably our pipeline supplies. And if that is the case... And we were at 220 here in September or October. And if that's the case, then the USDA is not going to probably lower it much more. So they'll turn around and tweak. And that again is Sue Martin joining us with Ag and Investment Clarion, Iowa. Thank you for listening to the channel Final Bell. Thank you to Channel Seeds for their continuing support of the program. Do remember, trade futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. And always catch more of the channel Final Bell when you catch the podcast at RuralRadioNetwork.com.